dealing with the three essential spiritual elements of a fulfilled spiritual life. We are at Sermon 13, and, and the way God arranged it is, our next word is love. <laughs> Hallelujah. The way God was showing me, that, and I didn't prearrange that, is after God listed it, I said, Lord, love is going to be on Resurrection Sunday. And I started praising him. I said, nobody but you, Lord. Nobody but you, Lord. The thirst, the need for God's love. I, I, I kind of shortened that, and, and if you help me shorten that, I just want to deal with, that's love. That's love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We want to thank Reverend Ingram who preached the sunrise service. And wow, he preached. God used him in a mighty, mighty, mighty way. Amen. Let us read 1 Corinthians chapter 13 beginning at verse 12. And it reads as such in our hearing. For now we are looking in a mirror, a dim glass that gives only a dim, a blur reflection of reality as in a riddle or enigma, which means that if we really don't see reality as it is, we all are, are caught up in a world of deception because this world, Satan is the small g God and most of the world is in deception, and only God can open up your eyes. And even us who are Christians, we don't see it in full. We still see it in part, but the more you grow with him, the more you see. But, but he says, and go on, he says, he says, but when the, the perfection comes, man, when, when we are changed, when the whole event when there's a new heaven and new earth, then we will see it all in reality. Then God will show us everything in the fullness of what it is. And we shall see in reality, face to face. And I think it means seeing Jesus face to face. Hallelujah. Now, listen to Paul said, now I know in part, but you, you wrote most of the New Testament. He said, but it's imperfectly. But then I shall know and understand fully and clearly even the same matter as I have been fully and clearly known and understood by God. Hallelujah. He said, but, but when, he, when everything is wrapped up and everything is done away with, he said, these three shall remain. So faith, hope, and love will always abide. <laughs> That, that will co I will cross over into the new heaven and new earth with us. That means if it crosses over, it is the main thing now. Yeah. 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 Hallelujah. The, the three things you must hold on to yeah. is your faith, hope, and God's love. Yeah. If you got that, it will carry you through whatever life throws at you. Hallelujah. And life will throw some mess at you. Hallelujah. He says, he says, faith is the conviction and belief respecting man's relationship to God and divine things. Hope is the joyful and confident expectation of everything he has promised 
and eternal salvation. Love is true affection for, for God and man growing out of God's agape love for us and in us. These three, but the greatest of these is agape love. Hallelujah. Give God some praise. My question to you today, do you know the love of Jesus? <laughs> do, do you really? I'm not talking about church relationship. I'm not talking about church fellowship. I'm talking about, I'm talking about the love of Jesus that when everything around you is falling apart, that you can stand flat-footed and say, the reason that I am who I am because he loves me. See, see, everything else will let you down. Matter of fact, I remember a friend I was talking to him. I was, I was witnessing to him about, about the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God. And he said, well, my girlfriend loves me. He said, my girlfriend sure enough loves me. I think a month later they was broken up. I'm not talking about that type of love. I'm talking about agape love. And it's God that comes out of God because scripture says that God is love. And everything that he has done for us on, on Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday and that he's doing in your life right now is out of the love of God. When, when, you, when you understand how much he loves you, earth can throw all hell at you and you could be secure in the fact, Lord, I know you got me. Lord, I know you for me. Lord, you're going to fight my battle. I don't understand. I don't even like what's happening. But Lord, I trust you because I know that you are what love is. Hallelujah. You, you view life differently when you are secure in this love. Matter of fact, you matter of fact, you have seen and have hear the evil around you because you understand I'm still covered. He still loves me. He's still gonna work it out. Matter of fact, when you know someone loves you, they don't have to explain everything to you. Love is, his, when you know his love, insecure his love, means that, that God is working in your behalf for your good. And though you don't understand it, you believe it. I want to talk to some folks that's real today. I want to talk to some folks that, that, that life has thrown you a curveball. It, it threw you some stuff that you wasn't expecting. And it made you question the love of God. Love doesn't begin with us. It begins with God. One of the things that Satan stole from us in the garden in Genesis chapter 3 was the relationship and experiencing the love of God. He lied to Adam and Eve, just like he's lying to us. 
He would take life's circumstances and make you doubt that God loves you, that God cares. I get questions all the time. Well, if God loves us, why is all these bad things happening in the world? And I said, because the world is not seeking God. We're doing our own thing. Well, if God don't, if God loves us, why does he allow racism and all that? I said, don't blame evil hearts on God. The reason why we got evil hearts is because they don't come to God. And Satan has twisted the story and made us begin to think that God is working against us or God don't care. Can, can, I, can I help you? God is not trying to save the world. He's trying to save people out of the world. Hallelujah. And when we look at the extent, how far he went to capture you and I, you got, you, you, you got to say that's love. See, I don't know about you. Though I grew up in church, I don't remember church, but I got out there doing anything I thought was big and bad enough to do, and God came and snatched me. Is anybody else that been snatched? That, 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 you, that you got out there doing anything else that you thought you would be, but God reached into the essence of your life. Matter of fact, he reached into my mess. Won't God reach into your mess? Won't God snatch you in the midst of your mess? Well, you're not even seeking him. Well, you're not looking for him. God will step right in and have an intervention with your name on it. That's, that's love. That's love. One of the Pharisees in Matthew 22, 34 and 40 asked the question, well, which of all the commandments is, is, is greatest? And Jesus said, he said, to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor. When we break down the laws and principles of God, the essence of it is love. It's God showing us who he is. It's him showing us his character. We were never meant to live up to the Ten Commandments because we can't. He was trying to show us how far we have fallen. We were made in the image of God, but at the fall, because now we're not in God's image. We still have some of his characteristics, but his moral character, we fell from that, and we no longer resemble God. When God looks at you and me, he's not looking to see how good you are, how bad you are. He's looking to see, do you have his, his design seed? Do you have the picture of him in you? Are you born again because you accepted the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ? Without that, you are spiritually dead. No, 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 no. Everybody is not God's child. Everybody is God's creation. You must be born again where he planted back in you his spiritual DNA so that you have the character, the divine seed 
the divine sperm in your spirit. Let me, let me tell you how, how that operates. You know, it's, it's funny how that once you're born again, you can't just do any old thing. It's amazing that the sacrifice of Jesus gave God the opportunity to step into your life and put in you what you didn't have. You were dead. I were dead. But when I accepted Jesus, something happened on the inside that brought about life. Hold on. But it cost God something. That's what this Resurrection Sunday is really all about. That's what Good Friday is all about. That God went to the ultimate level to save you and I. Isaiah 52, verse 13, it, it begins to break down for us. Now, 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 Isaiah is 750 years before the coming of Christ. But yet he has prophesied about what Jesus is going to do in the future because in the Old Testament, they were looking towards what God was going to do with their sins. In, in the New Testament, we're looking back at what he's already done. Now, everything is centered around Jesus. Don't let nobody confuse you. We're not talking about religion. We're talking about relationship. Jesus said that no one comes to the Father except by me. What he's saying is, I'm it. If you miss Jesus, you have missed it. I don't care how long your name been on the church roll. If your name not written in the book of life in heaven, you're not going there. It is a relationship. He's calling us back. That's the love of God that he has taken. He has moved everything out of the way to love you, to love me. But it's a love that you've got to receive. Look at God. Look at him. He said, behold, my servant shall deal wisely and shall prosper. He shall be exalted and at tall and shall stand very high. This is what he said. He said, because of the sacrifice he made for us, he is lifted higher than everything else. <laughs> Whenever we add something to it, we miss him. Whenever you add your good works and you're a good person, you missed it. Because of the level of the sacrifice of his love, unless your life, my life, is exalting him, then we're still operating in the world system. We're still operating in the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life. And that culminates, those three rivers really infuses all sin. It's selfishness. How can I say that? You can be selfish in the church. We get attitudes in the church because they didn't recognize me. We want position because we want to throw our authority around. You know, how, how can I say that? Many times on 
flesh is all up in the place. And that spirit, we got to be careful what we say is of God. Because at the root and the motivation of it is not flowing out of the spirit of love, it's not God. And, and, and what we say to somebody, well, well, I'm going to tell you because it's the truth. Yeah, but are you telling what you suppose the truth out of love? Because if it's love, you're going to say it in a matter, in a way that's going to gonna take me to the next level. God is love. He's, he, listen, he's not just John. John, first John 4 said, don't turn there yet. He said, God is love, which means that the essence of who he is, the motivation of all that he does, comes out of his love for you. If you were the only person in the world, he would have died for you. He would allow you to crucify him. He would allow you to put him on the cross. He would have, he would have died, stayed in the grave three days, and got up just to save you. That's how much God craves to give you his love. The, 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 the greatest sin is not turning to him. The greatest sin is that after all he has done, you do not exalt him in your life. I tell folks, what you gonna do when you see the holes in his hands? What, what you gonna do when you see the scars on his brow? What you gonna do when you see the hole in his side? Well, what are you gonna say when you standing before him and you recognize what you didn't believe is real? And what I love about him, that when you walk with him, he'll start showing you, right? See, see, I don't have to wait till heaven to know he's real. I know he's real right now. How I know he's real? Because the more I walk with him, the more he will manifest himself to you. Won't he show you himself? Won't he show up and show up? Won't God work everything together? Won't he act, orchestrate things in your life? See, I got evidence. If you are a believer and you are really seeking his faith, he'll give you more evidence in your personal life. That's love. <laughs> That's the love of God. That's the love of God. I says, let's move on. He said, behold my servant. He, he will be high and lifted up. God said, I have exalted him. <laughs> Number one, he, he, he's part of the Godhead. He's the second person of the Godhead. He said, but because of his sacrifice, he says, it's him. Next verse. For many for many, the servant of God became an object. Listen, for many, really for all, but only for those who had accept him, he became, listen, an a object of horror. If you want to see sin, you see it in the accumulation of what they did to Jesus on the cross. <laughs> he said, many were astounded at him. His Face, his whole body appeared to be murdered, beaten so bad. You gotta understand that 
Satan and all the demons knew who he was. So when you see, they didn't beat him like they beat everybody else. They beat him more. Let me go even deeper. Anybody else would have died from the beating. But because death couldn't take him, he gave up his life. He could withstand any amount of beating that they gave him. It says that his face and his body was more, more, more deformed than any because of the beating than any man. And his form beyond the sons of men. God was reading this one time. I said, Lord, explain this to me. This is what he said. He said, he became the outward expression of your inward fallen nature. He, on the outside, didn't look like a man. Like you, on the inside, no longer look like me. Because of your fallen nature, when I look at you, I can't see myself. So when you looked at him, he didn't even look like he was human. He said, what I did was I painted the picture on the outside of you on the inside. And that's why he came is to create, is to, is to recreate the picture. Salvation isn't just God saying, I choose you, I choose. It's, salvation is God saying, who's going to accept my love because I had to, sac I had to satisfy my righteousness. And instead of pouring it on you, I wrap myself up in human flesh. And there's a new book out. It said, How Jesus Became a Man. That's a lie from the pit of hell. No, God became a man. He became the incarnated. Our creator became like one that he created. Still fully God, but fully man. So that he could take paid the price that you and I deserve. Don't you remember him in the garden saying, Lord, I don't want to drink this cup. What cup was he talking about? He's talking about the cup of God's wrath which should be poured out on us. But instead of God pouring out his wrath on us, he poured it out on Jesus. You know what that says? That says that then God he became satisfied. Watch this. Psalms 85, Psalms 85, verse 9 and 13. Watch this. Surely, this is Old Testament. This is 500 years before the coming of Christ. Surely, his salvation is near to those who fear him. Hallelujah. He says, he says, that glory may be dwell in the land. He's a mercy and truth has met together. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Truth is we sinners. Mercy is God said, I love you. <laughs> Y'all get it? So he said, wait a minute. But I have declared for rebellion against me is spiritual death. But yet I love them. But yet they have rebelled against me. But mercy and truth got together and said, what are we going to do about this? Uh, Y'all don't hear me? That's love. Hold on. He said, what's this? 
righteousness and peace have kissed. He says, because of your sin, you don't have peace with God. Because we're not righteous. Because we don't look like him. But yet he says, righteousness and peace. The peace of God has kissed. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Kissing is intimate. Something happens that makes God's righteousness and peace agree. Something happens that makes mercy and truth come together. Let's read on. Next verse. He says, truth shall spring up from the earth. Righteousness shall look down from heaven. Next verse. Yes, the Lord will give what is good. And our land will yield its increase. Next verse. I don't know if I gave it to you or not. I probably didn't. So I'm going to read it, okay? But I said, and he shall make his footsteps our pathway. Huh? So you're telling me that somebody's going to come to make this happen. You already prophesied about somebody is going to bring God's holiness and God's love together. You're saying that, that, that you're going to be satisfied and be able to love on us. So you're saying that somebody's going to go before us and make a pathway for us. So you're saying that you already got it set up. That no matter how bad we've been, no matter how sinful we've been, that, Lord, you're going to take into account that, that we have a fallen nature and your love going to reach beyond our sinfulness. And your holiness is going to say satisfied. And your love is going to say satisfied. So, Lord, you telling me that you love us so much that you are going to pay the price for us. And that's how much you love us? Hallelujah. You know, the more I more I recognize how much he loves me, the more I fall in love with him. Oh, y'all don't hear me. See, there's something about the love of Jesus that makes everything all right. He is just that good. Now, how in the world did he come up with the plan before Jesus came? Well, he said, from the foundation of the world, God already had a plan. He knew when he made Adam and Eve that they was going to fall. But God, with his intimate wisdom, had already made a body for Jesus that he should come down from 42 generations, come down like a man, live perfectly like we couldn't live. And was it then allow man to lift him and stretch him high? Listen, listen, he did it for you. He did it for me. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah. Romans 5, 6 and 9 says, For when we were still without strength, our strength to do the Ten Commandments, while we were yet sinners, in due time, in the set time, in the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. 
Somebody say here, but, but wait a minute, I'm godly. You're now godly by his spirit. But we all was ungodly. Well, my sin wasn't like their sin. Sin is sin is sin. You know, you know we, we got to quit lifting our nose up at other people's sin. Your sin is just as bad as their sin. Who made you more righteous? The same blood that's going to save them is the same blood you need to save you. Hallelujah. Matter of fact, Isaiah 53 says this, that God saw his soul travail, not his body travail, but his soul travail. You know what? Our problem was a soul problem. So he had to deal with the soul of Jesus and judge the soul of Jesus in order to heal us of our soul. Now, hold on now. Hold on now. We're still in our process of healing. But the, the payment for our sins is already accounted for. Up on the cross when Jesus said it's finished, what he was saying is paid for. Paid in full. Can't reach back and get it no more. Turn to your neighbor and say, my sin debt, my sin debt been paid in full. Hallelujah. Thank Jesus did it. My past, my present, and my future. I thank God for loving me like this. I agree with Paul. In Ephesians chapter 3, beginning in verse 14, 16, he said, when I think about the greatness of God's plan of salvation, my response is, I fall on my knees when I see how messed up I was, but God still reached out and save me when I think about that he made a way to heaven just because he loved me. I can't help myself. I fall prostrate and worship him. I recognize that's love. That's love is nothing but the love of Jesus that saves a sinner like me. I'm so glad that he picked me up. He picked you up in spite of you. He chose you. He elected you. And nothing but the blood has pulled you out. Paul goes on to say, I pray you get rooted, that you get a foundation and secure in the love of Jesus. Because once you got the love of Jesus, once you know how much he loves you, can't nobody or nothing separate you from the love of God. Folks can talk about you. Folks can treat you wrong. But love, but love, but love rescued me deeper in his love. He said, I want you to know the height of it. I want you to know the depth of it. I want you to know the width of it. I want you to know the dimensions of it so that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Turn to somebody. Say, that's love. 
Love rescued me. Love picked me. Love saved me. Love is keeping me. Love is ordering my steps. I am constrained. I am perplexed by the love of Jesus. I don't know why he loved me, but I'm glad he does. He got up. He got up. He got up on Sunday morning. That's love. He got up. Hell couldn't hold him. Satan could hold him. Sin could hold him. He got up with all power in his hands. He loves you. Hell is for people who has rejected the love of Jesus. Who has said, no, I won't lift him up. Who says, no, I got my own way. Today, no matter where you may be, whether you're in the building, whether you're watching me on YouTube, the love of Jesus is reaching out to you. And he will step in and give you an intervention of his love. It was the two thieves on the cross that Jesus got on the cross next to them to have a divine intervention. Hallelujah. The number 451, if you call that, somebody will call you back. But I want you to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It's simply saying, Lord, you live for me. You died for me because you love me. Then you got up conquering sin, conquering death, conquering the devil for me. For me. So Lord, today I give you my life and I accept you as my Savior. If you do that in the house, if you do that on, on YouTube or live stream, the Lord Jesus said if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, he comes in. Hallelujah. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he loves us. That's why we celebrate today. That's why we say hallelujah. That's why we give him the highest praise. Because he is high and lifted up. Amen. Amen. Father, even now, touch, Lord, by your hand of grace. Touch, Lord, by your anointing. Let there be a divine illumination of who you are. I don't see you, Lord. I don't see you, Lord. And realize just standing there with your arms wide open to fill them with your love. Lord, touch, touch, touch by your grace. I don't know, Father, that you love them. That's why you came. That's why you died. That's why you rose. So today, Lord, touch. 
heal, strengthen, save. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah.